Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We are back on Amazing Business Radio with another great episode. We have an amazing interview today. Very excited. Remember, if you want your questions answered or you want to share your story about customer service and experience, uh, just go to any social media channel, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. You know it. You're there. I'm there. Uh, make sure you use the hashtag AskShep uh, somewhere in the uh, statement in the post and we'll make sure to answer your question one of the forums uh, that I communicate with you on whether it be this show amazing business radio it could be the TV show be amazing or go home and by the way if you haven't caught any of those episodes uh, as of this date we've released eight episodes we're almost uh, three-quarters into the season and it's a great show you can get it on Amazon Prime you can find it on Roku you can go to my YouTube channel shep.tv and it's there uh, as well for you to see. But today, it's all about Amazing Business Radio, and it's all about Adrian Swinsko, who has written a great book. This book is called Punk CX, CX as in customer experience. I love the book. It looks really cool. Adrian's been on the show once before, at least once before, maybe twice before. He's a best-selling author. He's a, a Forbes contributor. He writes for Forbes and I see him at amazing events like Pegaworld, uh, where we uh, are socializers, influencers, and just hang out doing everything about customer service and experience. Adrian, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Great to have you back. Hey, Shep. Good to see you. How are you doing? Doing great. Is this your second or your third time? Oh, dude, I can't remember. I think it might be our second. Well, I know it's at least one, but I'm yes, I was kind definitely of one. I, I'm not sure if we've got into the three, but anyway. Well, we'll get to three. When are you going to write your next book? Um, <laughs> I'm just well, kidding. Yeah, cool. just kidding. Question. All right. Hey, and as everybody can tell, uh, Adrian uh, has a Boston accent. Oh, no, really? no, it's a. Uh, he's from the UK. Where in the UK are you? Originally, I am from Scotland, but now uh, live in a place called Brighton, which is by the sea, sort of directly south of London. Yes, Brighton by the sea. Love it. All right, Adrian. Tell us a little bit about yourself and give us like if there's one overarching philosophy that you have about customer service and experience, what is it? Um, so uh, a little bit about myself, like, so I have a very background. I am both a trained economist and a trained teacher. I've done both um, and then worked uh, for some corporates for a number of years. And then for the last sort of 15 or so years, I've been, if you like, rowing my own boat, uh, trying to stay out of trouble. And for the last sort of 10, 11 years, I've been fascinated by sort of service and experience. Now, I've built businesses before that have had a service and experience element to it, but I've never really kind of jumped into the whole service and experience sort of space. And I did that 11 years ago to say, actually, I really don't like bad service. I'd like to help improve it. I do what I can to improve it. <laughs> Was that your motivation? I just oh, don't like it. I want to I make just, it better. I, I don't like the it. World. I, absolutely. I don't like it. It frustrates me how organizations make it hard many organizations make it hard for their people to deliver good service and i decided i wanted to try and do something about it well we have something to talk about today then don't we <laughs> yes we do so well you know i want to get into uh, the, the comments you have you don't like it i get that you want to do something about it 
we're going to talk about that. But I definitely do not want to forget, I hope we have time to talk about what companies are doing to hold employees back from being able to deliver that service. That's a powerful idea. But first, let's get into Punk CX. I am yes, holding sir. this incredibly cool book in my hand. And I say that because it's not like your typical book. It's uh, got colored pages in it. You've got uh, all kinds of different size fonts. You've got quotes from rock stars. You've got cool images. Um, you even have words that are crooked. Uh, they, they don't like, it's not your straight up and down. You've got words that are just, or paragraphs that are justified, paragraphs that are just, it's, it, this is like, I'm looking at, I don't know what I would call it, um, the style. It so almost, I, I, it would, like, I would suggest it's, it's a bit like, so it's a cross between a music fanzine and a comic book. Yeah, that would be good. And I'm looking at the back, you know, what's the point making music the way we are for punks everywhere, fans, 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 demos and B-sides. Now, and the way it looks, it's as if this is uh, the message a kidnapper would send asking for ransom, <laughs> cutting out a little magazine strips. But really, it's very, very cool. Because first of all, are you what, are you, what is it about punk? I mean, let's talk about what that is. Some people go, what is punk? Tell us what that is to start with, and then we'll start to understand what your thinking is behind the. So book. The, the 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 original genesis of the idea came about because I uh, out of basic my frustration. I mean, I've, I've been in this space trying to kind of influence uh, different ways of doing things, different ways of thinking, and I got really uh, about eighteen months ago. I got really frustrated with the, the if you like the pace of progress, the rate of improvement, and. And the, the, the customer service, customer experience space, particularly the customer experience space, is becoming increasingly populated by all sorts of different things, people and methods and frameworks and technology and metrics and all these different things. And I was like, what? And it was like, oh, my God. And then it, and I expressed this frustration to a friend of mine called Oshin who helped me edit the book. And that idea sat with me for about six months. And then in the summer of last year, it sort of popped back into my head and I started thinking about it. And I started thinking about the idea because I said to him, I said, I wish somebody would do something a bit more punk because it's getting so crowded and so same old, same old. And then I thought about it more, but like, I thought a bit more deeply about what punk was and, and punk, what, you know, what punk is. And it struck me that punk exploded out of the back of prog rock in the 1970s. Progressive prog rock. rock. Progressive Prague. rock, yes. yes Prague. Yeah, yeah, we're, Prague. we're cool. It's Prague rock. And uh, you say that with a radio voice. Hey, Prague, Prague rock. Prague rock. <laughs> and the Prague rock was, was whilst it was popular, and you know, a lot of people like it, it, it was also it, uh, accused of being over-elaborate, self-indulgent, complicated, et cetera, et cetera. And that's quite ex exclusive. And punk rock exploded at the back of it as a almost a, in re, response or reaction to it with its kind of DIY back to basics simplified approach. It's all about heart and emotion and daring to be different. And that was, and I thought about that, and I thought, well, actually, to me, I think the customer experience space is exhibiting some of the same characteristics as prog rock did in the 1970s. So it's complicated. It's, you know, it's overpopulated, it's benchmarked and frameworked and kind of metriced and so on and so forth. And I thought, blimey, it's almost like there's too much stuff and we're kind of almost killing progress. And that made me think, well, what would a punk version of CX look like? And that was just the, 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 the basic premise of the book. And it's like, and what would that look like? And so the reason why, and then I asked myself, so 
what if a punk was to write a business book, would a, would it just be like any old business book? And it's not going to be, it couldn't be, you know, standard sort of black ink on white pages type of thing. It had to be something that is right. in keeping with a punk ethos. I mean, you've got fuchsia and purple and <laughs> orange and I don't even know what, what color is this cover? There's, there's the pink fuchsia looking little rectangle in there, but what's the, what is it yellow? Is it gold? Is it? It's, it's, it's yellow and pink with a bit of black on it because it's, it's kind of a, a sideways kind of nod to the Sex Pistols album cover, Never Mind the Box. Um, because that's the kind of almost the, the, the clue because the, the yellow and pink and black. Yeah. And the idea about using kind of all of these things is one is to keep it close to the sort of the punk ethos. But punk was in and of itself was disruptive. It challenged people. It poked them and made them think. It was a little angry. Oh, completely. But it was also, um, it, it was kind of freeing as well. Um, you could do, you know, uh, you could do anything that you want. And I thought, well, actually, if I want to disrupt the people's way of thinking, then I have to do something which, in, in book terms, which is quite disruptive. Well, you so visually be- disrupted the standard uh, book simply by looking at it and opening up. You go, wow, this is different. This is a customer service book. So if who would be the punk stars today? You mentioned Sex Pistols. You know, you got Nirvana. And, and uh, who would be... If, if in a CEO of uh-huh. a company was was a, like a punk star, who would it be? Oh, so, uh, like a current CEO who yeah. I think is embodies. Is Jeff Bezos a punk star? Uh, a little bit, yes, I think. Um, I think Tony Shea definitely is definitely is a punk. I think uh, something like John uh, Legere uh, from T-Mobile in the US uh-huh. is definitely punk. Um, I think that I think I tell you what. Who? How about I think Elon he, Musk? Elon Musk is no. It's probably not. He well, he probably he's is actually. Maverick. He's all over. I mean, he you talk about a guy that just bangs his own drum and does his own thing. He's a yeah. No, I would say yeah. He's kind of he he he's not scared to do things in a different way and to break kind of the mold and things. I tell you who I think that I, I saw an announcement. Um, here in the UK, which I thought was was a, um, an amazing uh, thing, that there's so John Lewis and Partners, which also run Waitrose in the UK. In the UK, they've just they've just appointed a, a new CEO uh, who's going to start next year, and it's a lady a lady called uh, Sharon Miller, I believe, and um, they've appointed her. And she has she is not a conventional hire. She is not a retailer. By background, she is she is an economist by background. She's run big organizations before, and what Charlie Mayfield, the retiring Charlie Mayfield, said is that, um, and this is almost punk. Their thinking, punk thinking, all over us is like unconventional times require unconventional hires. Mm. And I just thought brilliant because this it was so left field. But then when they went through the interview process, they said she was such a so much the standout candidate that we had to we had to do it. Wow. All right, well, tweet that. Unconventional times require unconventional hires. All right, the book is called Punk CX, 
Adrian Swinsco, and that's S-W-I-N-S-C-O-E. He is the author. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want to jump in the book, and I want you to give us uh, four or five of the best lessons out of this book. So don't go, everybody. Uh, Don't go away, everybody. (laughs) I'm getting so excited. Uh, We're going to be right back with Adrian sharing uh, great ideas from Punk CX. We'll be right back. It's been said that you can't improve what you don't measure. And one of the most important areas to measure is the customer experience. My friends at Service Guru have an amazing solution that quickly allows your customers to rate their experience and more importantly, rate and review your employees. On average, their platform captures 50 times more valuable and actionable feedback about your staff and business because it's at the point of interaction before your customers ever leave. All types of businesses use ServiceGuru to measure and improve service, including restaurants, retail stores, doctors, dentists, and more. If you have customers and you want their feedback, go to www.serviceguru.com and tell them Chef sent you. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We are back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Adrian Swinsco, the author of Punk CX. So I just randomly opened to a page. Let's go with this one. And the headline of this page is, Does Your Bathroom Smell? I like that. Well, actually, I don't like a smelly bathroom, but I know what I read it. So I think this is cool. What a great way. You caught my eye and you got a great looking picture of a toilet um, (laughs) next to it. Let's talk about what does that mean in the customer experience world? So it's the the idea of does your bathroom smell is... It's based on this, this idea that imagine if you go to a restaurant and it's somewhere that you've, be, you've heard a lot about and you've, been, you've you know, had to work to, let's say, book a table and you know, you've, you've, you've been looking forward to it and eventually the, the time to go to the restaurant kind of shows up and you go there and you get greeted and shown to your table and everything is going, you know, going really well. Food is great. The wine's great. The service is great. Yada, yada, yada. And the atmosphere is amazing. And then some point during the some point during the kind of the meal, you excuse yourself and you go to the bathroom, and the bathroom's an absolute mess. I mean, it stinks. It's dirty. It's slimy. It's horrible. And then the question you have to ask yourself now: What do you think of the restaurant? And right. what are the, all the other things that pop into your mind? So, like, well, their bathrooms like this. What's the kitchen like? Exactly. Do they wash their hands? Exactly. They're dirty. So it's all this kind of things around, around being, it's, it's supposed to be a story because most people have experienced that and can relate to that as an idea. And the thing that's supposed to point to is this idea that things that you might not pay, if you, as, if you like, very much attention to in your customer experience have a huge impact of, the, of a customer's overall perception. It could be as much as how clean sort of uniforms are, how somebody answers the phone, how they kind of respond to an email, the formatting of your of your invoices, say, how easy it is to check out from your website, you know, how tidy is your and how welcoming is your um, your reception in in in, a, in your office, how clean your vans are if you've got vans out on the road, all of these little things make a difference to our perception. Of, of, of our experience. Right. Our it's just, I, I, I get it. Years ago, a book came out, one of the Bibles for me of customer services titled Moments of Truth. And I talk about moments of truth in Jan Carlson 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In almost every speech that I do. And uh, he talks about, you know, the, the moment of truth is when a customer comes into contact with an aspect of a business, however remote, they form an impression. Indeed. So, he said Scandinavian Airlines is, was his business. Yeah. And he said if the customer saw that the tray table was broken, you know, and, and you sit in your seat and the tray table's right in front of you so you can set it down. If the tray table's broken, maybe they're thinking, huh, I wonder if the landing gear is going to go down. When <laughs> we need it to go down. Yeah. And, I mean, does one really have anything to do with the other? If you're not paying attention to the details, you exactly. can erode everything big that you're trying to create. I remember having a conversation with a um, with a senior exec at a leading uh, train operator here in the UK. Now they just bought a whole bunch of new trains that that run um, that I was that I use frequently. And some of the here's the interesting thing: some of the trains on the backs of some of the seats have the trays that come down. Right. right, and that's fine. Is it because somewhere to put your paper or your kind of like your laptop or your kind of cup of coffee or whatever? Some of them don't have the trays at the back of seats. So if you get on in the morning, you have to sit there and you kind of juggle your juggle your stuff. Now, I kind of said to her, I said, "Oh, I quite like the new trains, but there's one thing I I think that um, I just noticed is like some of your trains don't have these kind of drop down tray tables, and it kind of like it just it." impacts everything that you kind of do particularly if you're commuting in the morning or you're coming back in the evening or you want to put somewhere to put things it just has this impact on the overall your overall experience regardless of whether you're on time or not it's like it it, it just makes it feel you like this inconvenient there you go yeah that's my favorite well actually my favorite word is convenient not inconvenient yeah. so but um, the minor things and yeah. when i when i mentioned it to her she just looked at me kind of slightly confused as uh, almost like one, maybe she didn't know it, or two, they just thought it was like a it was like a left field suggestion. And I'm like going, but those things matter. Those tiny little things, they matter. Yep, yep. So, all right, great one. And pay attention to the little details, especially the ones that could impact the bigger picture. A mm -hmm. dirty bathroom and a wonderful restaurant is an example. The trade table. Uh, give me another. What's what's so uh, that was that was one that I found. Tell me your personal favorite so um well i have two if i may um and well i have i have a number of them but i'll pick one i'll pick one because well, you mentioned we have time for two or three so this is good. okay so um the so the uh, there's a advisory there should be an advisory sort of language kind of like thing on this i'm not going to swear okay so it's it's a, it's pg r-rated I know so, where you're going with this. You're going to drop the F-bomb on me. But don't, don't actually say the word. No, I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to, I'm going to warn people there is some kind of like the, a little bit of profanity in the book just as a way of making the, making the point. And if he didn't have it, it wouldn't be punk. There you go. So well, there's one of the tracks in the book. So I call these uh, all of the different, if you like, chapters or uh, elements in the book, I call them tracks in, in line with the whole music sort of mm -hmm. philosophy. And one of them in, in, the, in the book is called CX is about more than effing metrics. And it's based on a poster that I have in my office, which is a, there's a picture of it in the, in the book. And it's just me just talking about that 
in many ways, customer experience or the, the narrative and customer experience is dominated by people talking about metrics. Yep, numbers. Numbers, numbers, NPS this, NPS that. It's like, I would call it NPS porn in many ways. It's just horrible. NPS porn. <laughs> I've not heard it referred to as that before. I think but, NPS is really good. All of them are good, used the right way. Exactly, but it shouldn't be the defining. Um, I mean, so it's a bit like when people talk about in terms of strategy or your vision or what what matters to you. They talk about what's your north star, what's your raison d'être, all these type of things. Your north star, your raison d'être, isn't an NPS score. It can't be, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's a bit like you know, but people still repeatedly talk about you know their NPS, their NPS, NPS, and it's like um, there's more customer experience is more than metrics. And, and this is my, the track was more of a, a, of a, a case of that to highlight that. And it's also a quote in there from a, a gentleman that I know in, from the UK who's a brilliant guy, but an ad guy. And he, the, the quote was, and he sums up the organizational situation very well. And he says, unfortunately, it is often better to be measurably mediocre than immeasurably brilliant. Hmm. Do you agree with that? Oh, I think the thing is, is like it, it's. I think we're, we're possibly in the in the in the situation where if you can't measure it, if you can't, you know. So the idea of um, just being nice to somebody and doing the right thing, often you can't necessarily measure the value of doing that, right? You know, but doesn't mean they said they shouldn't do it. Right. And, you know, and at the end of the day, there's an outcome that's based on that. I, I always say the most important metric is this. You can have all the metrics in the world, CSAT, NPS, uh, all the survey questions. Find out how we did. You mm. want to know how we did? Did the customer come back? That's exactly. That, exactly. Know, they don't come back. Doesn't matter what the number is. Oh, amazing. I mean, that, that is, is, is absolutely spot on. I mean, I remember listening to, there's another piece in the book, which is about surveys and about kind of six rules for surveys that sort of, uh, a lot of it, I, I did a, um, uh, I have a problem with surveys that people just kind of get surveys so wrong because it's all about themselves. It's really selfish exercise in many ways. It is, and it causes, it causes customers sometimes so much anguish and, and everything. I'll tell you what, there, you say there's six survey rules. Rules. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, you're going to get everybody the six survey rules from Adrian Swinsko's book, Punk CX. <laughs> so we'll take a short break. Don't go away. We will be right back. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. Adrian, you are going to tell us the, uh, I'll call it the six deadly sins of surveys. I don't know, sins of surveys. It's like a... <laughs> alliteration of something yeah gonna get you to get slightly tongue-tied right okay let's let's 
um, let's kind of, I'll list them out for you. And they're very short, very, you know, fairly to the point. The first one is make your, make your survey, um, make sure your survey is relevant to your customer. And that's the important part is the last part, to your customer. Not to you, but to your customer. An example. Oh, crumbs. I mean, it's like... Um, crumbs. <laughs> it's like, you know, um, somebody can ask, if somebody, if somebody asks, they'll be like, were we on time for something? Like a delivery or were we prompt? you like going, well, you should know that. Why are you asking the customer? Well... Uh, I think it's perhaps the customer's perception. And, you know, I'd say, you know, are we on time? Did you receive your package when you wanted it? Sure. Might be another so the, here's, my, here's my challenging thing. It's like, because you can ask those, also, all those different things in the, in, the most, in, in the different kind of ways. But then you can turn around and you can go like, so what, what is the most important piece of information that you want from the customer? The most important piece of feedback? And, if, and you go, how did we do? Did we do okay? Would you come back? All that type of, type of stuff. Are you happy? Sort of thing. And the, the other kind of questions around, are we on time? You know, was it kind of, you know, did it, you know, um, did you get what you needed, et cetera, et cetera. I think those are sub questions and work against the shortness, which right. is the second one. Make it sure it's short and the shorter is the better. Shorter because, is definitely better. Because the idea is that you can add more to get more, but actually the more that you add in, the more time it's taking for the customer and the more effort it's taking. And so what you have to do is you have to keep hacking away, hacking away at, and, uh, to, to figure out what do we know and, and, um, and what do we actually kind of measure. And, but what is the most important thing we need to know from the customer? Mm. And the quicker you can do that and the, you know, the, the most, in the most pointy kind of way, the better, I believe. All right, number three. Um, deliver it at the most appropriate point in their journey. This is kind of a big deal. Like. Don't send somebody a survey. Like I remember getting, I remember buying a bed once and I remember actually kind of like uh, buying a, kind of booking a flight and somebody asked, somebody sent me a, um, a survey for both the bed and the flight before one, the bed had been delivered or two had taken the flight. Wow. I was like going, dude, what are you doing? Timing is everything. Completely. Yeah. Um, By the way, the opposite is true. Don't send it a month and a half later when you've forgotten about the experience. Exactly. Uh, number four, let your customers tell you what they really think and tell you in their own words. So don't get completely over, um, what's the word, obsessed with kind of putting people in kind of metrics and charts and like in the, on a scale of one to 10, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. It's like, let them tell you. Even like they might give you a score, but then also let them speak. You know, people people will say the most amazing things if you let the let them talk. Right, right. Um, number five, always thank them and let them know what you're doing with the feedback. Because here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, and it's something we learned from our parents: it's rude not to. <laughs> it's simple. Tell yeah. them what you're, you know, if you're going to take their time and ask them to give. Give something back in the form of, of, of appreciation and tell them, yeah, this makes a difference. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit like kind of like going to a friend or a family member time and time again and asking for their advice, but never telling them what you did with the advice. Mm. They're yeah. eventually just going to stop. Right. Um, and the final one, and this is, this is kind of almost like uh, it has to condition everything that, we, uh, that, that everything that's come before it is like, Finally, don't survey your customers too much because it's annoying. And it's rude. 
And it's rude. You're interrupting them all the time. It's like going, I don't want a, an MPS kind of or a CSAT or a customer effort sort of like uh, survey going out to you at every point in my journey because I'm just going to turn around and go, I'm getting sick of you now. Right. All right. Let's put a bow on this one. And I'm going to summarize it by saying this. You know, this survey comes after your interaction that you have with the company. It comes after your purchase. It comes after the experience that you have, which means that it is part of the experience. Even though it comes after, it becomes part and it becomes the last part. And is this the last thing you want your customer to remember about you? Was that god awful long survey they keep sending me? I'm not taking it, I'm not doing it, you know, on and on, survey fatigue. You know, I remember, and I mentioned this on the show before, my favorite car dealership, who I do business with. I love sure. them. And the yeah. first time I did business with them, they sent me this really long survey. Took 20 minutes to fill it out. And then I went back and had my car serviced again. They sent me the same darn survey. And you know what? I'm not filling it out a second time or yeah. a third or a fourth. And, you know, that's frustrating. All right, we are running out of time. And we could talk about, there's so many more things in your book, obviously. There's, there's uh, many, many things. But let's wrap it all up. One thing. This is the one thing question. One thing, you can either give us one more great tip out of the book. You can emphasize something you've already talked about. What's the one thing you want to leave our audience with? I will relate it back to the first track in the book because it's a big question. And, and it's born out of my frustration of what's going on is that there's, there's a lack of progress and real meaning within and service and experience. And the track is called, are you an artist or are you just coloring in? because many people are going about their service and experience kind of programs. Whilst they might say they want to lead their field, they want to do something different, they want to stand out from the crowd, most of them are just coloring in. It's like a paint-by-numbers sort of thing, and they, want to, they think they're going to create art in doing that. I'm sorry, folks, that's just not, it doesn't work like that. If you want to be an artist, you have to create art. You have to, be, you have to almost like paint outside the lines mm. to make that difference. And so the question is, to your, your, your listeners and your readers, is do they want to be artists or do they want to just be good at coloring in? Yeah. So, I mean, you could just be a follower. You can be, you know, just, and that's what I, I'm kind of in my mind. How do I interpret that? It's somebody that's okay. They're doing it. I'll do it too. You know, mm. there's, there, you know, so what can I do that's different? What can I do that's better? What can I do that make me stand out? That's what it is to be an artist. The book, again, it's called Punk CX. You can pick it up at amazon.com. Our author is Adrian Swinsco. Adrian, again, great to have you back on the show. I can't wait to have you back again. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Jeff. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honor. All right, everybody, another episode of Amazing Business Radio. I hope you agree that this one was amazing. Lots of great takeaway. And again, I would highly suggest this book. If nothing else, it's pretty. Okay, but pretty, <laughs> he is an artist and it looks like it. And you know what? Inside this pretty book is tons of rock solid, get down in the dirt information. So uh, like they say in the Monopoly board game, do not pass, go, do not collect $200 until you buy this book, ladies and gentlemen. It is called Punk CX. All right, that wraps it up. Another episode. So come back next week. We're going to have another great interview. And until then, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.